I want to read another scripture to you out of Timothy, I think. Yes, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. And then um, we're going to read a couple scriptures here in 1 Timothy 4. And then if you could get ready to put up on the screen Psalms 34 in the New King James. So here in 1 Timothy chapter 4, I saw something that is just really interesting. And it's going to be good for us this morning because of the time that we live in right now. The, the season that we're in of uh, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of um, opposition. Okay, a lot of opposition, both spiritually and naturally. Here in uh, verse 6, now the context is, is he was warning, um, Paul was writing to uh, Timothy, who was left behind to pastor a group of people, and he is telling, giving him some instruction and warning him to be aware of some demonic doctrines that would tell them that you can't eat bacon. That was verses 1 through 4. That's what it says. It doesn't say the word bacon, but animals that God created to eat. So if you choose not to eat bacon, that's great. Just don't say it's, it's because of the word. Because there's a way to uh, sanctify that. Anyhow, I'm, I'm beside off point. Let's go to verse 6. <clears throat> he says, if you point these things out to the brothers, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus. Nourished by the words of the faith. Did you know that words of faith feed you? Words of faith nourish you. They're they're vitamins to your bones. They're they're essential oils to your flesh. But a lot better, alright? I mean, you know the oil of the Holy Spirit, that's a pretty essential oil. So that makes all of you essential, right? Man, we're getting into the weeds fast. (laughs) So nourished by the words of faith. If you feel weak, if you feel tired, if you feel worn out, this is what you need is words of faith. Find it in the Word. Find it from a brother or sister. I mean, that's what we're to do when we come together is encourage each other, right? Encourage each other. To nourish each other with words of faith. And so here he's saying that if you'll teach these things, if you'll speak these things, then you'll be nourished by the words of faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Verse 7. But have nothing to do with irreverent and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. Now this is an interesting word that made me chuckle when I came across this word trained. I just out of curiosity looked it up. I wonder what that means. This word trained means... Does anybody know? Aside from the obvious of what training is. It's exercise, but it's a particular type of exercise. Literally, it means train naked. It means naked training. Naked exercise. Now, why would he write this in here? Well, understand that in their games, that was how they would train and exercise long ago. But that wasn't his point. He didn't say get naked and train in physical exercise, he said something different. So now let's read it through those, that understanding. He said, rather, train, train naked yourself in godliness. No pretense. No things that you've put on in your self-righteousness. No things that 
No pride. Naked before the Lord. Training in godliness. Are you hearing me? Because it's real easy to, if you live godly, to somehow think that, well, um, to let pride creep in. So, so, without all those things, strip yourselves of all those, you know, in Hebrews it says to all those things that so easily trip us and, and cause us to fall down, weigh us down, to strip all those things off and run the race without those things. So let's keep reading here. We're getting to where we're headed. Verse 8, For the training of the body has a limited benefit, or some translations say um, it has, you know, it helps for a little while. A little bit. But godliness, what is godliness? I like to say something to myself when I, when I read the word godliness or godly. God-like. God-likeness. Be like God. Really? Well, yeah, God said, you know, be perfect for I'm perfect. Last week we looked at that word perfect and what does that mean? Well, that means to be complete. To be thoroughly brought to its end. Complete, mature, full grown. And the way to do that is be in mercy and be in love. And we looked at scriptures for that. If you want to look at that, you can go to last week's message online. You'll find it. But here he says godliness. That we are to... Godliness is beneficial in every way. Someone say every way. It's beneficial in every way. Being like God. Being pure. Being holy. Being set apart. To be like God. To do His purpose and His plan. I mean, when Jesus was here and His disciples, you know, Jesus taught prayer too. Paul wasn't the only one. And Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father which is in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. So we are to be like God, bringing and praying and speaking forth and acting out His will in the earth just like it is in heaven. Now, there's no manipulation and control and COVID-19 and sickness and disease and bondage and all those things in heaven, right? So we can pray that His will would be done on the earth like it is in heaven, free of those things. Well, he, he says here, godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise. It holds promise. Hmm. What's the promise that comes with godliness? Does anybody know? Let's have some guesses. Righteousness? To be like Him? Let me read a little further. Since it holds promise for the present life. And? Everyone say and. and. So we're talking two realms. In the present life and also for the life to come. So what promise does godliness hold in this life? In the life to come, it's real easy, right? Well, heaven. Reward. What about in this life? In this present life? What is the promise that godliness holds for the saints in this life? Okay, equipping of the saints. Blessing. Favor. Long life. You've got to talk louder. 
To do the work of the Father, to save souls. Accepted by the Beloved, in the Beloved. Promise for the present life. You know, and also for the life to come. Many, many, many of God's promises are conditional. We've talked about this before. There's usually an if somewhere in the promise. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. If you do this, I'll do this. If you're faithful to obey my word and keep my promise, then I'll rebuke the devourer for you. If. They're usually conditional. And so being like God, godliness means you're going to be a doer of His Word, not a hearer only. Remember, the wise man and the foolish man, they were on the same banks of the same river in the same storm. One survived, one did not. Because one was in the rock, the relationship, right? That's what eternal life is called. Jesus said in John John 17 and verse 3 or 4, Jesus said, eternal life is to know the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. So eternal life is that relationship to know. It's anchored in the rock, just like the wise man on the bank. And so it's not enough. Jesus, when He told the story of the wise man, He said, you have to come, you have to hear, and you have to do. There was three things. Come, hear, and do. And then he was built on the rock. But the foolish man didn't do that. He, he came and heard, but he didn't do. See, it's only the doer of the Word, the God-like one, that the promise is going to work for. The promise is for everyone. It just doesn't work for everyone. So, if you want it to work for you, be God-like and be a doer of the Word. What you see in the Word, you're going to act upon. You're going to do. And so here, let, let's read another line. Verse 9, this saying, what he just said, is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. That right now in this present life that we live in, there's promise. There's promise of protection. There's promise of healing. There's promise of life. There's promise of prosperity. Did you know that? Promise of prosperity. There's promise of being an overcomer. There's promise of never being an undergoer. Right? No submarines. Promise of overcoming. That does not mean that you won't have problems. Because it's impossible to overcome if you don't have a problem. Overcoming means you faced something and came over it. Jesus said in this life you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have trials, you're going to have troubles. And then he said, but do a jig, be happy. Be of good cheer, that's what he said. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. That's the overcome part. It's in him. He's given us the victory. We just have to walk it out. Now, Psalms 34. If you'll put that up in the New King James. uh, Starting at verse 1. Let's read this together, and uh, we may stop and and comment uh, a few times as we go through it. The Psalms 34 is a psalm that we can take for today, and we can apply it for today. Did you know that Jesus said that, He said all the Psalms and the prophets need to be fulfilled. 
So never look at Psalms as poetry. Or the prophets as just poetry. No, Jesus said it must be fulfilled. All the Psalms and the prophets will be fulfilled. And so we can take these and apply them to our life. So let's read together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to Him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Let's stop right there for a moment. They looked to Him and were radiant. Now how come they were shining? How come they were... Another word is reflective. They looked at Him and were reflective. You know, the amaz- you can find some really bright reflectors out there on the market. Like for bicycles and things. Man, the headlights hit them and bam, it's bright right back at you. Has you have your headlights ever hit a, a sign that was super bright and it's kind of blinded you? Well, that sign doesn't have any shining power of its own. But it's reflective. And when you, you're reflective. And when you face the Father, you become radiant. You shine like Him. Like stars in the sky is what Daniel tells us. Alright, let's, let's read, start at that verse again and we'll keep going. They looked to Him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear Him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. O oh, fear the Lord, you His saints. There is no want to those who fear Him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Let's stop there again. What do we know about a young lion? They're the strong, right? The bold. They may not be the wisest, but they're the strongest and the boldest. And they don't, they, they suffer from hunger. What's he telling us? Your strength isn't enough. By strength alone, it's not enough. Not in times like this. But there is a way to be fully supplied in times like this. You know, I have heard now at this time, in this season, in this last month, I have heard more testimonies of people saying we have prospered like never before. I'm serious. Believer after believer saying, you know, we just had our best month and so and so. We just did this. We just had that. And we're in a time of economic shutdown. How is that even possible, right? In the, in the natural. And if that is not your case, well, don't let off of the promise. But if you, let's start at that verse again. The last part of the verse tells us, um, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Can you think of a lot of good things? Me too. You're not going to lack them. If you'll seek Him, the Lord rewards those who earnestly seek Him, is what Scripture tells us. So, let's seek Him. Don't let off. I mean, what other hope do you have? <laughs> right? Alright, let's go on to the next verse. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 
Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Here we have it. You want to fear the Lord? You want to reverence Him? You want to honor Him? You want to consider Him as weighty? As valuable, as precious? His things as valuable, as precious? As, you know the word honor means heavy. It means heavy. One of the words of honor mean heavy. And so like when it's weighty. Like they used to have a scales, you know, with two little things on each side and you'd put whatever you were buying on this side and then you'd put enough gold or silver or whatever on this side to weight it, level it out, right? So that was how they measured things. And so it's weighty. Honor the Lord. Reverence Him. Treat Him as weighty. One of the ways that you're going to treat Him as weighty or valuable or honorable is His things come first. We treat it as more valuable than anything else. And so here, He, he says, I'm going to teach you how to fear the Lord. Who is the man who delights in life? <clears throat> do, you, do you delight in life? Do you love a long life? Do you enjoy what's good? Is there anybody here like that? Half of us. The others, I guess, want to die and go home early. They like a bad time. Shall we try it again? Who likes a good life? All right, here's how to do it. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Deception. Deceit. The opposite of what the Lord says. I just don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. But see, the Lord said you're not going to like any good thing if you'll seek me. So if you say, I don't know how we're going to make it, you're speaking naturally, but you're also speaking deceit. So if you want to speak the good thing, you're going to speak what He says. The truth. The truth. That's right. Verse 14. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Sounds pretty godlike, doesn't it? Say what he says, do what he does, act like him. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Isn't that awesome? Who are the righteous? Me. Me, yes. Yes, you. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, then you're the righteous. He didn't say only those who have ever only, only done righteous things. We're talking about your position in Christ. Do you believe? Let's keep reading. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. You know, James and other places tell us to count it great joy when you get into problems. Because you're an overcomer. Because you're going to come over it. So if you come into sickness, if you come into financial difficulty, maybe you created it for yourself. Maybe it was outside things. If you created it for yourself, repent. That means change direction. Choose a different way. And then rejoice because you are an overcomer. 
an overcomer. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, so there's your promise. If you're going to put this one on your fridge, though, I recommend keeping the bottom half of the verse on it as well. Right? Don't believe just for the trouble. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked. And those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. You want to get happy, just start reading in Psalms. I want to take you to Nehemiah. Nehemiah. He was the third shortest person in the Bible. Some people think Bildad the Shuhite was was the shortest, but he wasn't. He was pretty short. Saul's guards were the shortest in all of the Bible. That's what the Word tells us. It says they slept on his watch. So you have to be little for that. (laughs) I sure think I'm funny, even if you don't. All right, let's go to chapter (laughs) 4. A joyous heart does good like medicine. It's time that we be in health and life and in, in with a joyful heart. You know, the Lord says that He welcomes those that rejoice in Him. He, re- he welcomes those that rejoice. I don't know if it says He welcomes those with bad jokes, but, you know, He, <laughs> he welcomes those that rejoice in Him. Here in, in Nehemiah, so they had gotten sent back. They're, they've come to the city of Jerusalem. It is broken down. I mean, it is rubble. And they are starting to rebuild the place. Now, many of those around the city of Jerusalem, they're pretty happy that the righteous have been destroyed. And they're just fine with seeing the righteous closed down. And they think it's great, and they want to continue to keep the righteous closed down and to keep them from meeting in their Sunday morning churches. Oh, wait, are we t- we're talking about Nehemiah. Anyway, so those evil people around them want to see the destruction of the righteous. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so all around us, you know, this whole, it's manipulation and control. I mean, even so much so that right now, um, what's being pushed is that if you love freedom, that you're just selfish. But it's not wrong to want freedom for you and for your children and for your neighbor and for your grandchildren. We desire freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not freedom to take advantage of others. Freedom to serve one another. Freedom to love. But freedom is not bondage. All right? And so right now, just the push that we're in and everything that's going on in, in society around us, it's all designed against the body of Christ. So we ought not be surprised by it. Because, man, it's been promised for thousands of years. They've been doing it for thousands of years. There's been periods of, of relief from it. Usually it ends up creeping back in and coming back, and that's what we're seeing. However, we've been well-equipped 
for times such as this. And you and I were put into the planet, you know, several thousand years ago, the Lord knew we were going to be here and now. He knew what we were going to face. He knows the things that are coming that we don't even know yet. We think this is as bad as it gets, and we take comfort in that. Dream on. But no matter how bad it is, right, we have the comfort from the God of hope and all comfort, and we know that we overcome. So here in Nehemiah, they go back, he takes this group of people, and they start to build up the walls. And the, man, they were, the, the, their enemies came out and said, man, it's not going to work, you all are going to get sick and die, you're all going to catch the COVID, you guys keep on doing this. You know, all the things were said, but in verse 3, then, then Tobiah the Ammonite, who was beside him, said, indeed, so they're mocking them now, even if a fox climbed up on what they are building, he would break down their stone wall. So they're mocking them and giving them a hard time. In verse 4, it says, listen, our God... For we are despised to make their insults return on their own heads and let them be taken as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their guilt or let their sin be erased from your sight because they have provoked the builders. Jesus said that if Jesus be lifted, he said, if I be lifted up, he said he would establish his church. It's on the rock of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is, the rock of relationship with him. And he said, if I be lifted up, the church is going to prevail. The gates of hell will not win. And the church is going to be victorious. He had his eye on now. I mean, all days past too. But now and tomorrow and what is to come, his eye was on it. So we're going to win. We're going to win. Might face problems in the meantime. Might face pressure, but we're going to win. And here he uses his mouth to condemn, to condemn those insults that are coming against him. You know, the word tells us that we need to open our mouth and condemn every judgment that comes against us, to condemn it. So we need to be using our mouth. As you go about, as you drive around in your car through the community, as you walk through the store, I'm not saying to yell in someone's face, I'm saying speak to the spirits that are operating in our government. Speak to the spirits that are operating in, in people that are just yielding to fear. Verse 6, So we rebuilt the wall until the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had the will to keep working. That verse just is awesome. The people had the will to keep working. They had the will to meet in spite of the opposition. And risking life and limb. For the work of the Lord. They had the will to keep working. The other day the Lord told me to look up Nehemiah 4 verse 7. So I did. I had no idea what was in Nehemiah 4. Okay, I went and looked it up. It says, When Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabs, and Ammonites, and Ashdites heard that the repair to the walls of Jerusalem was progressing, and that the gaps were being closed, they became furious. Hmm. Thanks for the warning, Lord. What we're facing right now. Looks like the church is prevailing. We've prayed against this virus. Oh, it's not as bad as they predicted. wonder why. I mean, I don't wonder why, but I'm, I'm saying that sarcastically. Because the Lord is alive and well. And His body of Christ is too. And we've prayed. Others have prayed. 
We've been praying. We've started to declare that those that are unrighteous in government, that they be removed. We've been declaring this nation be opened back up. And that all this control and manipulation, that it come to a stop. And that the agenda of the enemy, it stop. But when the enemy sees he's losing, it really hacks him off. Hold your finger there. Go with me to Revelations chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12. In verse 11. They conquered him. Is talking about the devil and his angels. Okay. It had just earlier in the chapter was talking about this great, um, this great war that had broken out in heaven between Michael and the other angels and between the devil and his angels, those that followed him. And then it says in verse 11, they conquered him by the blood of the lamb. There's power in the blood. There's a song like that. There's power in the blood. Use the blood. Remember the blood. When you take communion, use the blood. I mean, I, I remember I had a headache. And um, man, that thing was on me. I prayed. And I stood in faith. And I commanded the headache to leave. And, and the headache was still there. And I was coming down from my office and I just reached up and put my hand on top of my head. I mean, I'd already done this a dozen times, telling the headache to leave because it was really bothering me. And I just said, in the blood of... And it was gone. There's power in the blood. It was gone. Just bam. So they conquered Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Your words are powerful. For they did not love their lives in the face of death. Pause for Sila. Okay. They did not love their lives in the face of death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Why? Because the devil's no longer there. So heaven, yay! The devil's been thrown out. But if you read the next line, but uh oh, woe to the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you with great fury because he knows he has a short time. He doesn't like losing. It makes him furious when he thinks his best laid plans and when they're turned on their head and good comes from them instead. His best laid plans of destruction and suddenly revival comes out of it. His best laid plans of closing down everything <laughs> And suddenly people are turning to the Lord and light is coming on and people are getting bold for things they weren't before. You know, there's a whole move taking place um, and being orchestrated across the nation for churches to open up today and to just go ahead and, um, and open in spite of what their governors are saying. And many churches have signed on to do that and I'm really excited about it. Because many of them are coming to the place where they're saying, we've had enough. And they're waking up to the fact that we need to stand. Let's not lay down to this. But understand that when the devil sees that his hand is losing, man, it chaps him off. And so here, that's what happened in verse 7. It says, when they saw that the work was going ahead anyway, they were actually making progress. The gaps that were used to come in are getting closed up. They became furious. See, there's going to be unity in the body of Christ. 
And we need to continue to pray and equip ourselves to walk in that unity because there's strength in that unity. In verse 10, nope, uh, I got ahead of myself here. In verse 8, they all plotted together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and throw it into confusion. This is the enemy. In verse 9, so we prayed. Ah. So we prayed. So we prayed to our God, not just to hear ourselves talk, but we talked to a real living being. We had conversation with a real living being. In your prayer time, in your prayer closet, ask this question, Father, how should I pray? What should I pray out? And He will put things into your heart. Pray this. Pray this way. I mean, he, just yesterday I was asking Him this question as we were last night here in the building at, from 6 to 8, we were praying and, and I was asking the Lord, Lord, how should I pray? And He was giving me instructions how to pray in ways that I'd never thought of praying before. So we prayed to our God and went to work. They didn't just sit back and let God. They prayed and took action and stationed a guard because of them day and night. And if you look down in verse 11, and our enemies said they won't know or see anything until we're among them and can kill them and stop the work. And when the Jews who lived nearby arrived, they said to us ten times, Everywhere you turn, they attack us. So I stationed people behind the lowest section of the wall at the vulnerable areas. So in the weak areas, man. So if you see and you look around and you see brothers and sisters in the Lord that are weak, station yourself near them. Be, be ready to help them and to fight with them. In the vulnerable areas, I stationed them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. And after I made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people... Don't be afraid of them. That's the first thing is don't be in fear. Don't be afraid of them. I mean, how many times in Scripture do we see this line, don't fear, don't be afraid. Jesus said it over and over and over again. Why? Because fear is a spirit. If you, what you, your master is the thing you yield to. Your Lord, your Master, the thing you're submitted to is the thing that you're yielding or giving place to. So if you give in to fear, well now you are giving in to an evil spirit that it's a gap in the wall for you. And we don't want that. We want to keep the wall shut. So when the feeling of fear comes, the sensation of fear comes, address it, tell it to leave you with your mouth, condemn it, and ask the Lord for His peace to flood you and believe that you have received. Alright? He says, don't be afraid of them. And now He gives them two directives. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord. Why would He tell them to remember the Lord? And He didn't just say remember the Lord. He goes, remember the great Lord. The awe-inspiring Lord. You're supposed to remember what the Lord has done in the past. Remember who He is, who He has overcome. Remember the battles that have been won in the past. Remember how the Lord provided for you financially in times where you didn't think it was possible. Remember how the Lord healed you in the past. Remember how the Lord delivered you and brought you to safety in situations that weren't safe. Remember what the Lord did for your family members, for, for those of us that have, that have gone before us. Remember. 
Remember the Lord. So we're not going to fear. Instead, we're going to remember the Lord. Speaking of remembering, remember King David. He was off fighting, and he and his men, man, they were a fierce group of men. His 300, I mean, you read about those guys, it's like they, could, they were like the elite of the elite forces. Left or right-handed, they could hit within a hair's breadth, a hair's width with a stone. I mean, these guys were like amazing. One guy would take on hundreds and win. You just read about David's mighty men, the exploits they had. It was pretty awesome. Well, they're off fighting, him and his guys. They come home and they find that their home has been ransacked by the enemy, burnt to the ground. All of their things, their family, their children, everything gone, carried away. Talk about calamity. Talk about disaster. And they did what most people would do is they, they mourned and wept and felt sorry for themselves. They had grief, understandably. And then they, I don't know, wanted to turn on David because maybe they thought David should have left some men behind. I, I don't know what they thought. But for some reason, it was now David's fault. <laughs> David doesn't have anybody to encourage him. So it said he goes off. He talks to the Lord. It says he stirred himself up in the Lord. He stirred up himself in the Lord. He went off and he remembered the Lord. The great, how do you stir yourself up? By remembering the Lord. By remembering the great, awe-inspiring Lord. And man, then he comes back with the answer. Guys, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to lay here and take this. We're going and getting it back. And so you know the story they went, they got all their stuff back, all their, their family back. It's an amazing story. So don't be afraid. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord. And then he gives them another directive here. And fight. Glory. Fight. Don't lay down. Don't just let it roll over you. Come on, pray, remember, and fight. Fight. Fight for who? Fight for your countrymen. Fight for your sons and daughters, your wives and homes. They're fighting for freedom. They're fighting for their brothers and sisters and their spouses and their children and their mom and dad. And they're, they're fighting. How do you and I fight? How do we take the fight to the enemy? It's going to have to come out of your mouth. It has to come out of your mouth. It doesn't come by thoughts. You know, our fight is not against flesh and blood. That does not mean that you won't take action in flesh and blood, but that's not where you need to be looking, as in this is the enemy. No, it's the spirit, the powers, the principalities that are behind the flesh and blood. The flesh and blood is just being a tool that's used by those spirits. How much further, Lord? If you see some, some people are leaving, that's because they're going to, uh, some are needing to go to City Gate, I believe. Or, or they just got tired of my jokes. <laughs> Let's go to 
Let's look at more scriptures. Romans 13. I jotted down this verse this morning. I wanted to get there and read this this morning. In Romans 13. Actually, no, this isn't the one I was thinking of. Um, about what I was going to say. This is the verse I wanted to turn to. Let's go to Romans 13. Let's look into verse 8. I asked the question, how do we fight? How do we... You know, babies don't fight. I'm saying in a, in a physical battle like that. Babies don't go to war. Children don't go to war. The warriors protect the babies and children. Now, a youth can go to war. An 18-year-old is a youth. And from since long ago, I mean, they would send the young men off into battle, youth. So a youth can fight. We've been in this series, maybe you thought that we weren't in it this morning. Oh, we are. We've been in this series about growing up. And this morning is another how to grow up, how to grow and become like the Lord, to go from a little baby spiritually to a mature adult. And we know that while babies are precious, they are not warriors, right? They need protected. And so for you and I to fight, we have to get beyond just a baby or a childhood st stage spiritually. We have to mature at least to the point of a young person, of a youth, because youth, they fight. All right, with that in mind, let's keep reading here because we're going to say no to fear. We remember in the Lord and then we fight. Here's some of the ways that we're going to fight. Do not owe anyone anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Now, um, the one debt that you can never pay is love. It's just always there, so keep on loving. Keep, do keep trying to pay it, though. Right? Do keep making payments of love. You're not going to get it paid off, but it's okay. Just keep making payments. Verse 9, the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, you shall not bear false witness, do not covet. And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up by this, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love, therefore, is the fulfillment of the law. Now, the number one way to grow up is to walk in love to be loving. Verse 11, besides this, knowing the time, it is already the hour for you to wake up from sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Is that true? Is it nearer than when we first believed? Yep. The night is nearly over and the daylight is near. So let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. The armor of light. Remember, in your light we see light. We've been using that scripture lately. In your light, Father, we see light. And so we reflect His light. Maybe we could say it that way. Your path is lit up to the degree that you are reflecting the Father. That was good. You should write that down. Your path is lit up to the degree that you reflect the Father. He goes on, and after you've put on the armor of light, let us walk, because it instantly becomes about some doing things, not just hearing, but a doer of the word. Let us walk with decency as in the daylight, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and 
promiscuity, not in quarreling or jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no plan to satisfy the fleshly desires. So we have a directive to put on armor, to put on the armor of light. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians now, verse chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians, we're going to look at a few more scriptures and then we'll close. 1 Thessalonians 5 is talking about when the day of the Lord comes and that it shouldn't catch you unaware, it shouldn't catch you by surprise. There is a teaching out there that, you know, the Lord's just going to surprise all of us. Well, He's not supposed to. If you'll read starting from verse 1, you'll see that He clearly says that it should not catch you by surprise. But in verse 8, He goes on and says, But since we are of the day, we must be sober and put on the armor of faith. What was before called the armor of light, he now says is the armor of faith and love. So we put on faith, we put on love on our chest and a helmet of the hope of salvation. God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. So that whether we are awake or asleep, that means asleep as in died, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up as you are already doing. Now, let's, th- that scripture is very, very similar to Ephesians. I wanted to just build on several of them. Let's go to that famous chapter in Ephesians chapter 6 on the armor of God. We are told to fight. We are told we should remember the Lord. We should remember what He's done. Thanksgiving. Part of remembering is thanking. Part of remembering is thanksgiving. And in Psalms, it tells us that praise on our mouth is like a two-edged sword to the enemy. The praise of God. We're talking about fighting. How do we fight? We're not babies. We are adults now, so we must grow on into these things. This is how we fight. In, in verse 10, it says, Finally, be, be strong or be strengthened. In the Lord and in His vast strength. So be strong in the Lord and by His strength. So it's not your strength we're talking about. It's not by your might, by your power. It's not because you've trained so well. It's not because the, the, the horse is prepared for battle. Those things are all good and great. That's not where the victory comes from. Verse 11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the tactics of the devil. He has a tactic. He has has a way of attacking. We should be able to see what's going on in society around us very, very clearly and simply. His tactics are not a surprise. He always tries to use some scary thing to gain control and to manipulate and to push people around. It's not a new thing. Verse 12, for our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. This is why you must, someone say, I must, take up the full armor, not just half of the armor, but the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. Not so that God may be able to resist for you. You know, in James, he said, humble yourself before God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and He will lift you up. 
And it also says that if you humble yourself to the Lord, you will receive grace. What is grace? It's God helping you, God's ability coming to you, God's strength coming to you. Him doing something for you that you cannot do for yourself. That's what grace is. You didn't deserve it. It's a free gift for you. So that, verse 13, this is why you must take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist. He goes on there in James, if we were to read, and he says that you resist the devil and he, the devil, will flee from you. Not from God, but from you. Why? Because you stand now in God's authority and the devil can't tell the difference. I mean, Psalms 91 says you are hidden under his wing. Hidden like a little baby chick under the mama hen. And little baby chick can say something to the devil and the devil runs away because there's big mama chick hiding little baby chick. I can't even see little baby chick. Where is he? I just hear the voice. It sounds like the hen talking to me. It sounds like God talking to me. And so he runs away. So as you submit to Him and come under His protection, under His shelter, it is then and only then that you can now qualify to speak to the enemy and he flees from you. Because it's in His authority. But that's why Scripture says you resist, He flees from you. Here He says it again. He says, take up, you take up the full armor so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, stand therefore. Just because you've been standing, doesn't, don't, don't ask the question, well, should I keep standing? Yeah, as opposed to laying down. Stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist. Truth, the Word of God, the Word of God is what holds all the other things in place. All the other armors held in place by the belt, by the truth. Righteousness like armor on your chest, right standing before God. That right standing on your chest, and with it, you can just quench all kinds of things. Your feet, verse 15, your feet are sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, with the good news, that's, again, comes back to all of these things are anchored and rooted in the Word. Jesus is the Word. Your feet are sandaled with readiness for the good news of peace. Verse 16, in every situation, take the shield of faith, the shield of believing, the shield of confident expectation of God doing what He said, the shield of faith with you, and, and with it, you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Faith is the answer to every attack. Every attack of finances, every attack of sickness, every attack of, of fear, faith is the answer to it. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the, you, you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. Put His helmet over it. And the sword of the Spirit, this is how you fight. So that was all armor. Those were all defensive things. Now we speak of the offensive. Remember, he said, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord. Now fight. Here's how you're going to fight. With the sword of the Spirit, which is, what is the sword of the Spirit? Well, it's God's Word. And verse 18 tells you how to use that sword. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit. It means praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 tells us that down in about verse 13 or 14, it says that praying in the Spirit is praying in tongues. 
So how do you pray in the Spirit? You pray in tongues. So with every prayer. So that means praying in English and the Spirit. All the prayers. And supplication. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Stay alert in this. With perseverance. Man, with stick-to-itiveness. And requests or intercession for all the saints. So we're praying for each other. Paul then goes on and says, pray for me. Because obviously he believed it was going to make a difference. He says that the, that the word would may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel. So I, I say all of these things to you because I want you to go out of here grown up more in the Lord, willing and able to fight. To fight. We're going to close with 1 Corinthians in chapter 16. 1 Corinthians 16, this, this verse I had jotted down this morning, and um, I was like, I believe here is my closing verse. And then when I saw Barney get up, he's not here with us right now, uh, he, he went to Citygate. But Barney got up and stood up here, and he had that big picture of a boot on his shirt. I'm like, what's that say under the boot? And it had this reference that we're going to read. Verse 13, be alert, stand firm in the faith. Act manly and be strong. So be alert. Don't allow yourself to be dulled with worry. Did you know being drunk will cause you to be dull? You're not very sharp. I'm saying in the moment that you're drunk, man, people get robbed and raped and all kinds of things they would not do if they had their mental sharpness about them. They do things and make choices that they just wouldn't do because they're dulled, their senses are dulled down. Right? That's what drunkenness does. But Jesus taught, He said that worry will do the exact same thing as drunkenness and He compared it to drunkenness. It will dull you. This is what He said. He said worry will dull you. Well, worry is a form of fear. So in this time, in this season, we're not going to fear what government does. We're not going to fear what viruses do. We're not going to fear what other people may or may not do. Because that causes you to be dull, and that's the opposite of being alert and watchful. Of sharp and sensitive to what's happening in the spirit realm. Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like a man can be strong. It's talking about a, a, a man of valor, a mighty man. Act manly, some translations say. Act manly and be strong. And then verse 14, here's the key to it. Your every action must be done with love. Every action must be done with love. Is it possible to be tough to fight in love? Absolutely. Absolutely. Everything you do, do it in love. This is the key to growing up. Is we every, it seems every sermon that we talk about growing up and the how-tos, we always come back to that. Love. Because God is love. And it's only in Him that we can do all these things that He's laid out for us. With His grace on us to do it. To act like a man of valor. To act like to be strong, to stand firm, unmovable, unshakable. 
unworried, unfearful. John, would you lead us in uh, maybe a chorus of consecration? Someone say, I am a doer of the Word of God. I come and I hear and I do. Give us a renewed sensitivity to you, to your presence, to your Holy Spirit's leading. And Father, by your Spirit, bear witness to our born-again spirit this morning and in the coming week and weeks. Father, that at your direction that we will act, Father, we commit to walking free of fear, walking prayerfully and obedient to your word, to your word of truth. Father, I declare that your, your promises of protection as laid out in Psalms 91 over each one of the people here, over each one that's listening by internet. Father, that you, your angel that you have assigned to them would absolutely do as it has been assigned with protection. Father, I thank you that you are the God of all peace, and I just right now... Release your peace upon each one of us. I reach out, take a hold of it by faith, and thank you for your peace, Lord. That it comes upon our mind in a fresh and a new way. That we would walk in a mind that is stayed on you, fastened on you. That your perfect peace, that your love, the spirit of life, would reign supreme in our body, in our flesh. We consecrate ourselves, Lord, as your soldiers. As your soldiers willing to stand, willing to fight, 
Willing to go at your word. Listening carefully for your voice, Lord. We don't listen to the other voices, the voices of fear, the voices of manipulation, the voices that are out there, Father. We have our ear turned to, tuned to you, Lord, as our good shepherd. So by your Spirit, lead us into all truth. Show us the business decisions that we should make. You said to ask you for wisdom, and in you is all wisdom and knowledge. And right now, we just lay hold of it by faith in the name of Jesus. That your wisdom belongs to us for business decisions. Your wisdom belongs to us for financial decisions. Your, your wisdom belongs to us for decisions affecting our family and in our parenting style. Your wisdom, we take hold of it right now, that we would walk in your wise spiritual way. That your words would be formed on our lips. That the things you would have us pray and say. That you would prompt us with them. And Father, we commit to doing them and being obedient to them. Father, I ask you like the disciples ask you. That you would stretch yourself out at the sound of your word. And that you would perform the signs and wonders that you've promised. That you would confirm your word as we declare it. As we lay hands on the sick, that they would recover right there before our eyes. That you would fulfill your word as we act upon it and as we go. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? You know, when Jesus told his disciples to go out and lay hands on people and they would be healed, he said, this is what you're supposed to tell them. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven has come near you. The sign of healing was to bear witness to the king's dominion. That the king's domain had come near them. The sign of healing is supposed to be a testimony that the kingdom of God has come. So be bold. Be bold to do that. Unafraid and bold to do it. I need to give you a scripture. I felt prompted to, to give you the reference. that for, for When I said that drunkenness and worry will do the same thing to you and that Jesus compared them, you'll find it in Luke 21. In verse 34 and verse 35. I'll just read it to you and then we can go. Be on your guard so that your minds are not dulled. Or other translations would say that your heart is not weighed down. So be on your guard so that your mind is not dulled from carousing. The word carousing means a hangover. I don't know about you, but I've had a hangover already. And I know that, man, I had a pounding headache. I couldn't think straight. I felt dizzy. I was not sharp. Let's put it that way. Don't look at me so stunned. I wasn't always the saint I am today. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. But a hangover makes you dull. Weighs you down. That's what the word crowding, that's in the Greek, it's what it means. The next word he says, be on your guard so that your minds are not dulled from carousing, drunkenness, that's self-explanatory, and worries of life. Worries of life. 
Fear will do the same thing that a hangover and drunkenness will do to you. Do not think that you can have a little, everyone worries a little bit. And they ought not. Jesus said, no, worry is sin. So if you're sinning, what are we supposed to do if we sin? Repent. repent. How do we repent? Turn, change, do differently. That's what repent means, is to change. Don't do those things or that day will come on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come on all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times. Here's Jesus' words praying that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are going to take place and stand before the Son of Man. It doesn't mean so that you'll get away from it before it all happens. You know, you can escape through a problem. Or over it, overcome it. It doesn't mean avoid it entirely. You're going to have problems, but pray that you may see the way through. That you may reflect the light enough that you see the path through. Ever beholding the face of the Father. Abide in me and my words in you. And if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will. That's called light. And you shall have whatever you ask. All right, um, I, can, I just don't have the uh, release to let you guys go. Does someone have something? Does the Lord put something on someone's heart? Maybe you have a word or testimony or something that... I don't have a perfect... Larry, you have the translation interpretation? Okay. You're, you're, I think you're going to give it to us, but, but we need to pray before, we, before he gives it. So let's pray. Father, I am asking you right now that this tongue that was given, that you not only give the translation, because I know you will, but that you open up our ear to hear it. That's what we need, Lord. Our ear to hear it. You said, he that has an ear should hear. So, Father, I ask you right now that you open up our heart to hear. We are in times of trouble. But when you look to me, when you trust in me, I will deliver you. I will protect you. Don't forget, run under my wings. For I desire you to walk in my peace. Not in fear, but in faith. In the truth, in the light of my word. Because my word is sufficient. The name of Jesus is above every name. Don't forget that. And as you pray and stand and believe in the name of Jesus, you have to walk it out.
because it's in the walking out, it's the standing in faith that you will find that victory. For the devil is out to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came that you may have life and peace and love and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because I've given you the Holy Ghost to stand in times like this. I've not promised you that you would never have problems. But I have given you the answer for those problems. It's faith and trust in me that I love you, that I died for you, that I have plans for you. Your whole life. And as you walk the walk, and as you trust in me, I will take you through. Because you're mine. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I love you. And I died for you that you may have that life more abundantly. That I will meet your needs. That I will take you through every situation that the devil throws at you. So be faithful. Be faithful. Be so alert and come to know the Holy Spirit in such a way because he will lead you, guide you, direct you, and he will give you the help. He is called the helper, you know. But he needs your help too. You have to stand in that faith. You have to trust in the Lord God Almighty because he's the answer. So don't walk in fear. Walk in faith and trust in him. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, uh, I took some time to go to the prayer room and intercede. But there was a, a certain problem I was experiencing for the last few months. I would talk in a normal conversation and I'd go totally blank, and I wouldn't be able to continue the conversation. Whatever topic, like, what is this? So I walk in the prayer room. Larry was there, Karen, and Karen Burroughs, and I boldly asked them, I need you guys to pray for me. And I said, this is what's going on. So they prayed for me, and Karen Burroughs, Larry, and Karen... And as they were praying, uh, Karen said uh, it was a spirit of fear and uh, a cultic spirit, she said. So as she was praying for me, I felt like a rope. It was like my brain was unwinding. I literally felt it in the middle of my head. Um, so it takes an understanding of the word, just like Pastor Sidney was sharing with us today, to understand that it's not a one-man show. It's the body of Christ. The gifts of the Spirit in each one of us, like we need each other. Uh, it, God hasn't called a church, but the church, you know? So here we have the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And uh, you have to understand that. There are, the spirits of our warfare are not carnal, but they are spiritual and mighty in battle. I was reading the book of Revelation, and uh, I would like to share this with you also. Uh, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, 
the Holy One and True One, the One who has the key of David, who opens and no one will close, and closes and no one opens, says, I know your works because you have limited strength. You have kept my word and have not denied my name. Look, I have placed before you an open door that no one is able to close. Take note, I will make those from the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews and are not, but are lying. Note this, I will make them come to bow down at your feet, and they will know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to endure. I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is going to come over the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold on to what you have so that no one takes your crown. Hallelujah. Hey, Robin, <clears throat> do you have anything? You have a song or something that... Okay. Well, if the Lord gives you something, be bold. I keep seeing something really weird in the Spirit, all right? Uh, and, and like notes and uh, uh, music notes coming up from your position over there. And uh, I, I don't know what it is, is why I'm asking if you know anything about it. And um, all right, well, let's just wait on the Lord for a little bit. Father, we look to you, we wait on you. We're not in a hurry. We just want you. What you want done, we want that done. We yield ourselves to you to your desires, to your will, to these words that have been given. Let's just pray in the Spirit. If you know how to pray in tongues, then pray to the Lord. Esho mabade asumo de ala mabade de kando iyazalamande esho mayade esho de ala bababaki do mayada haria do de ababade asundo de ala manse donse ila bajo kieta lamanze esho do bosso do kiara bashundo lobo ya do bozigle esho de dihera bazo de la mahia sundale hikado isso baya sundale hisa. Deng sole e shoma yendara hazogiri a shomba de hiso. De la mahodiara mamanse. Dome yanto hiso la mangere to domo jolo doyara haze. Boki adamazo. Oh my adare hesso. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your spirit. Your spirit of truth. Thank you, Father, for your everlasting faithfulness. Your forever covenant. Thank you for relationship, Father. That you made us children. That you considered us valuable. That you've given all to gain us, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for my family here. My brothers, my sisters. Lord, 
just ask you to put a renewed sense of value in each one of us for one another. A renewed sense of value for the body of Christ. A renewed sense of value for the churches around us and, and the work that's been done, Lord. A renewed sense of, of honor and value to you and to your things. Father, I lift up those that have been affected in our community and in this region, our area of influence, Father. Those that have experienced loss or devastation, those that just don't see a way out with our current situation and society, Lord, I'm asking you to encounter them with hope. Encounter them with your Spirit, with light and life. Encounter them, Father, that they may see a way through and a way out. Lord, send workers to them, your family to them, to minister hope and and minister reconciliation if they've given up. To, To minister a way through, a way over, Lord. To speak light and life. This is what we're asking, Father. I ask You to send us. Send us, Lord, to those. We're willing. We're ready. We're able. You've equipped us, Father. I thank You for that. Thank You, Lord, that You've given us a tongue. The tongue of a ready writer. Yes. Press and hold the power button. It'll turn on. Hello? Um, shortly after you said something about Robin, I just kept hearing that there's angels in the room, and I didn't want to say anything because I was like, that's, uh, it's just weird. Like you said, it was weird, but I, I believe that there's, there's liberty here that God wants to hand deliver to each and every one of us, and I do believe, Robin, you have a song. I just, on my spirit, I just, I I believe that there, whatever song is on your heart that you sing out, when you sing that out, it releases something into the room that it, it, it cuts it. I remember while I was sitting here, I just felt on my heart to just go up in the air and just to, to snip it to, to, in the spirit. It, again, in the natural mind, it makes no sense, but there's something here. And I believe that those, those ministering angels are waiting on a cue, that they're ready, that they're, they're willing and ready, but there's a release that needs to happen. I don't know if that's what you were getting or not, but that's what was on my Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Robin, if it's you singing a song or if it's you playing a song, maybe. Um, but if, if you don't have anything, don't manufacture it. That is a good...
as we continue to keep going, um, God gave me the scripture in Jude, Jude 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And I just really saw um, a line of people up here that if you've either never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking with the evidence of speaking in tongues, or you would like a fresh infilling to come on up and we'll lay hands on you and you can and you can be doing Jude 120 building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit so if that's you and you you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues or would like a fresh infilling I just invite you to come on up time at the right time Lord with boldness boldness Lord like he's never known before boldness to walk in the things of the spirit willing a boldness Lord to risk and to follow what he sees in you and what you show him I release your peace upon him right now and just a fresh wave again of your spirit to walk those things out Lord I thank you for it I thank you Lord that all that he does all that he comes into contact with as he leaves, there's residue of you behind.
lay hands on her, Father. Fill her full of the Holy Spirit right now. Full and overflowing, Lord. in a mighty way, full and overflowing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Increase. Increase and grow. Increase and grow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Ira hazuri ala made ala makumba de hesho. Ila hazuri adori abasungori andodo. We release all the things of your spirit according to your word in and upon him, Father, that it rest on him like a garment, that he be enclosed with power, endued from on high. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's all over you, brother. Thank you, Lord.
All that you have for her, Lord, nothing left out. Full, Lord. <laughs> Full, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No, de arabasu, legaramando mayando. Yera hasoba de anomo jumbalabaka. No la maya de besho maria rabasu, maria la baboko. Yeno horia babasu. De la hazo giri hesho, maria la manze. Yolo ho so, maria la bakumo yende de hesho. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Did you did you receive what you came up here for? Say it again. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. I have received. You know, I have received is completely different than I, I would like to receive. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. In regards to the notes, this is what I have on the inside. I keep seeing the word harmony. I keep hmm. seeing the words unity. God is pleased with harmony amongst his children. He's pleased when there's unity amongst the brothers. He's put a song on the inside of each one of us. And it pleases him. And we're to release this song on the inside as we go from this place. He's put a song on the inside. So open your mouth. It's your weapon. Let it loose mm -hmm. and it'll break off things in the spirit. Uh, Robin, could you come? I just think I need to pray over you. Not because you're... 
don't have a song. I think, um, I think maybe more than, uh, than it being a song is what it represents, what you represent in this house. You know, for years, he has faithfully been sending out our recordings over the airwaves. And for years, he has been, um, I mean, if you look up the word faithful in the dictionary, you find Robin's picture there. <laughs> like the Lord. He's like the Lord in this way. He's faithful. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people have been impacted around the world because of the messages that have gone out from here. And so as he's been doing that for years and years, has been blessing people around the world uh, years and years and years, there is a building in the body of Christ that's happened because of what he's done. I mean, I, listen, I am here today because of the recordings and things that he put online. I am here today because of the faithfulness of the Lord, but the Lord used Robin. Are you understanding what I'm saying? This is not a worship Robin moment. It, it's to, you know, the Lord said that we should look at each other as examples and be examples. And Robin's been an example. He's been an example of faithfulness, of usefulness in the kingdom. Does that mean that Robin has everything figured out and never makes a mistake? I mean, if it does, tell me, because I want to know the secrets, right? He's still growing like the rest of us, but he's been useful in the kingdom. And you know, that goes up as a song to the Lord. It goes up as incense to the Lord. And so just stretch out your hands to the Lord and let's pray. Father, I thank you for Robin. Thank you for sending him to Church of the Word. Thank you for putting it in his heart to record. He just in simple obedience did what was asked of him. <laughs> simple obedience. Faithfulness. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. In Robin's life. Thank you for the blessing of Robin in our family. For what you've done in and through him. Thank you for the sacrifices that they made. Lord, bless him and Mem for those sacrifices. Being, being in his place of service sometimes when it didn't and he'd, it would work better to be somewhere else Lord thank you for bringing him and doing this work thank you for the work that's been done at his hand thank you Lord that it would continue to stand as gold and silver and then on the day that work is tried that it will bring forth a harvest all around the world as it goes out by internet Father we speak over the word that's been sown all around the world at his hand and by his obedience and we say bring forth a harvest bring forth a harvest in the in the lives of those who have listened and I thank you for it father I thank you for your spirit I ask you for an increase an increase of anointing in Robin's life maybe it's not something that he looks at as as a tangible anointing from you but father I ask you to help him recognize it as an anointing from you something that you've divinely done in his life I ask for the increase of it right now on and in him in a special way in Jesus name and so be it there thank you thank you we talked about being perfect last week and that it means feeling it's, it's being complete I feel complete now.
<laughs> I think we accomplished what we were to do this morning. And um, more? I thank you for Pastor Sid. I thank you for his boldness. There's a newness coming. A newness coming to you. A boldness coming to you. A greater anointing coming to you. But it will be by the anointing, by the presence of the Most High that lives in you. So don't fear. Things might look awful big, but I'm bigger. <laughs> so I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that you have put on Pastor Sid. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you have plans for him to take him to places he's never been before. To catch visions that are of you, not of him, but of you. That his eyes and his ears be open to hear you in a greater and a mightier way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for Jen. I thank you, Heavenly Father. She's like a rose ready to be opened. That's uh, such beauty in that. And you're doing a work in her life. A work in her heart that's far greater than she can conceive of. But what you have created for her, even in her mother's womb, is coming to a greater revelation and understanding of your word, of the truth and the power of your word, and who you are in her. I thank you, Father. May she open as a beautiful rose to you that the anointing power of the Holy Spirit will move in her and through her in their hands. Oh, I had something. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Father, for this couple. Thank you, Father, for your plans for their lives. Use them, fill them, and anoint them. To take them farther than they've ever dreamed of. In Jesus' name. Thank you, neighbor. Father God, I thank you so much for the love that you are going to give them that is greater than the love that they've already experienced. I just see elastic hearts because they're going to be stretched. They're going to be filled, overflowing. Uh, something that the Lord has given me uh, that I want to share with you too is that he has given me a love for the both of you. As well as Nicole, he's given us a love for the both of you. We just want to see both of you prosper. And so I just, I just ask you, Father, boldly, I come to your throne right now and I say, please give them the, the desires of their hearts that surpass 
even what they think. They have an idea of what they want, and when you give it to them, it's going to be like, whoa, okay, this is a lot. But that's where the elastic hearts come in, because he's going to be able to give you and equip you, just like Larry said, with everything that you need, the love to be able to continue and endure in the things that you're going, going to do in the time to come. And I just, I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for the new building to come, that there's going to be an infilling of hundreds, God, that they're going to be able to reach more than this congregation. They've been reaching more than this congregation through the audios, but there's going to be more physical bodies that they're going to be able to reach. They're going to be able to bring the presence of you to more people, and I thank you for that. And I wanted to say on behalf of, I believe I would be saying this on behalf of this church from the depth of our hearts, we thank you for your stance in this time, your stance on the word, and not wavering, not giving in to fear, not looking to the left or to the right, but looking up. And I saw that when this whole thing first started, I saw um, one of the first weeks that all the other churches were shut down and and you took a stand, and I saw that years and years and years ago that God prepared you for such a time as this, that when you got hooked up with listening to Apostle Dale on the radio, that he, he started preparing you and planting seeds way back then for such a time as this, and you were faithful, and you stayed the course, and never underestimate how many people, the ripple effects of your stance and your faithfulness is to so many other people that you may never even know. And I just hear the Lord saying that you're gaining, you're gaining a 10-time exponential gain. So we just pray, Father, that anywhere where there's been lack, that there's gain. Father, that we just speak a prosperity and an overflowing like they've never experienced before in all areas. And we bless them. We bless them. We thank you. Thank you both from the depths of our hearts in this church. The, uh, the scripture about abundantly more than we could ask or think has just been percolating up. And, and you're believing for something right now. We as a church are believing for something right now. And the amazing part, my favorite part about that scripture is God gives us abundantly more than we can ask or think. And that brings us up to another, another level. And it's still just as true as it was at the previous level. Abundantly more than we could ask or think. And then when we attain that level, it's abundantly more than we could ask or think. First of all, I'd like to say that you're obedient to the Holy Spirit. You allow the Holy Spirit to move. You allow and you ask the Holy Spirit to be here. And you did that physically today. And that's something... I, I know it's not something we should do in a church all the time, but it's something to be congratulated for and for us to say thank you to you. But more than that, as I've been sitting here the entire service from the very beginning, I've been praying that we feel the spirit today like a mighty rushing wind. Yes. And we yes. felt the spirit yes. like a mighty rushing wind here today. And in that, how many of you have ever gone to a concert or some place where people performed and you've given them an applause, and you've cheered, and you've whistled like Jack, and you said, <laughs> wow, that was great. Well, I'm not asking us to do that for the pastor no, today. Please don't. But I'm asking us to do that for the Holy Spirit yes. today. Amen. Because he really deserves it. Lord, that. I worship Hallelujah. you, Lord. Lord. Praise the Lord. I 
Jesus, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are great and mighty and powerful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. I wanted to do that the entire time. My hands were ready to clap while you were preaching, but I didn't think that was appropriate at the time. In Luke 11, I'll tell you this quick story. When I first heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and had someone explain it to me, I had a friend of mine come to my house and we sat down at my table and he went to Mark chapter 16 and he went to those last couple of verses that said these, where, where Jesus is speaking, giving the great commission to the disciples. And then he changes it from speaking about the disciples to speaking about future believers. And he says, these signs will follow them that believe. They will, you know, cast out devils, they're going to speak in new tongues, they're going to lay hands on the sick, they're going to be able to pick up the most deadly, dangerous thing and it's not going to harm them, they're going to be able to drink deadly things, it's not going to be able to harm them. And we, we know from looking at examples in Scripture that the, these promises were true, that all those things happened, and yet this wasn't about the disciples, this was about them who believed. So my friend came to my house and he explained that to me. And, and so he started in Mark 16 and then we went through the book of Acts and all the different places where it talks about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'd always read that, but I just always thought, well, uh, I was baptized with the Holy Spirit when I was baptized in water. And I thought it was all, you know, one thing, one event. And I came to understand that wasn't the case. Uh, and so it can be the case, but it wasn't for me. And so um, I invited him back two days later, my friend, after he'd explained these things, because I wanted to uh, take a closer look at it. And I called him up and I said, you know, if this is true, that I can ask for the Holy Spirit and he'll come in and on me and fill me like he did them in the Bible, then I want that. I don't want to be going through life missing out on something that the Father intended me, for me to walk in. And so I said, why don't you come and let's just do what they did here. You lay your hands on me and let's pray and believe that you know, the Holy Spirit will come on me and let's give him the opportunity. So my friend Stephen, he was like, boy, nervous as a fox in a hen house, right? Because he'd never done this before. And he's like, man, I don't know what to do. Man, I'm the wrong person to ask to come, you know, because I'm just brand new to all of this. But, but he came, he and his wife came, and we went through all the scriptures again. And because I had invited another uh, friend of ours over, and so they sat there, and we went through all the scriptures again. The truth is, is I needed to go through it again. Because it, it was renewing inside of me the desire for it. And so when we were done, I said, all right, I'm going to kneel down. You lay your hands on me, and you pray and um, we're going to uh, let the Lord do what He said He would do. And so I knelt down. They laid their hands on me, and they start praying in tongues. Now, that was the first time in my life I'd ever heard tongues. I thought, wow, that's weird. And I was, as I'm listening to them, you know, I wondered what that would sound like. I guess that's what it sounds like, you know. And just being brand new to all of it, didn't know that there's many different sounds of tongues, right? Didn't at that point even know there was different giftings of tongues as a prayer language, a language only to the Lord. And we can find that in 1 Corinthians 14 detailed out. And then he immediately transitions to a tongue to people. And he differentiates between the two. One needs translated, the other does not. And he details all of that out there. Well, I, all I know is that I'm kneeling on the floor. They're laying hands on me. They're praying. And 
as they're praying, I suddenly start having a remembrance of all the sinful things in my life that I've done. And I start hearing this thought. you got to understand, you got to recognize the devil for the devil because that's who it was. Or the enemy, an evil spirit. But having this thought that why would the Lord give me His most precious, valuable, holy spirit for me to, to steward that? Why would He give that to me when I have deliberately walked in sin in the past? Why would He do that for me? And I started to have this feeling of, of uh, defeat and, and losing hope and all the things that come with condemnation. And then I heard some verses. Now, I knew the word, but I did not, I could never have quoted to you these verses. And th this is what I heard. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone, or if he asked for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to do good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. That Scripture played through my mind just that clearly. And I immediately grabbed a hold of it and said, yes, I'm asking, Lord. And they went on and prayed and said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, I didn't feel anything. No rush, no hot flash, no cold flash, no little flame of fire on top of my head. That's not what happened here. You know, none of that stuff. And so, I get up off the floor, and um, I said, uh, you know, I believe, because the Lord said that if you believe, now let's go there, Mark, Mark 11. I did know this verse, Mark 11, verse 25, note verse 24, therefore I tell you, all the things or whatever you require in prayer, or you ask in prayer, some translations have it desire, but whatever you pray and ask for, the word is really require this word ask. Now here's the key, believe that you have received them and you will have them. Believe that you have received them, that's past tense, like it's already happened, believe. You've asked, ask and you shall receive was the promise, now believe that you have received it and you'll have it. So I got up off the floor and I said, you know, uh, you know, I didn't burst out in tongues. I didn't pray in tongues. None of that. But I said this. I said, you know, I asked and the promise is that if I ask, He would give me the Holy Spirit. We read that. So I said, apparently, I don't know what the Holy Spirit feels like because I didn't feel anything. So apparently, I'm just not aware of what being full of the Holy Ghost feels like or even what it looks like. Because God is not a liar. He has promised that if you ask, I'll fill. So I am full right now because I ask. He said He'd fill. If I ask, I ask. So either He's a liar or I'm full. I'm certain He's not a liar. So apparently, I'm full. I just don't know how to sense that. That's called faith. 
believing that you have received. And so I said, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I am full. I, I literally said that. I am full of the Holy Spirit. Man, I didn't feel nothing. Because the Holy Spirit's not a feeling. Now, you may feel something when the Holy Spirit fills you or is on you, right? Feelings come and go, but they're not what we establish truth with. The Word of the Lord is what we establish. Is it true? Is it not true? And so, we went to bed that night. I prayed. I said, thank you, Lord, that I'm just so full and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. This is awesome. I love being full of the Holy Spirit. This is great. Thank you for filling me, just like you said. Full of the Holy Spirit. You gave Him to me. And I'm so grateful. Now, understand, all of that was said without with zero feeling. I went to bed grateful because I knew that the Lord's not a liar. I asked, and He said, if you would ask for the Holy Spirit, you would receive. I think there's some, some here that have asked, but they haven't gotten the feeling they were looking for. Or maybe you didn't burst out in tongues, and so you thought, well, maybe I didn't get it. So I'm going to just tell you, did you I'm going to ask you the question, have you asked? And if you haven't asked, then, then make the responsibility to, to ask is on you. Ask. Okay, you can do that alone. You can do it with somebody. Um, you can do that right now, right here. And just say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's you asking. Now the next step, if you've already asked, or you just asked now, is to, what Jesus said, believe that you have received it. If you believe that you have received it, then you're going to now begin to Act as though you have it. I've told this story before, um, but several years ago, I'm a number of years ago now, we were driving around in the car, and the boys were in the back. And um, we, I made the comment, I said, we're going to stop and get some ice cream. Now, what happened next, you can imagine from the back seat, was much rejoicing was a lot of, yay, and we're going to get ice cream, and they're back there dancing inside their seatbelts as much as they can, you know, <laughs> and yelling and being loud and racket and just pandemonium because Daddy said, we're going to get ice cream. Question, did they have ice cream in their hands? Why all the racket then? Because they believe they have received. Daddy said, we're going to get ice cream, and they believe the word of Dad. And they did not wait to rejoice until we were in the ice cream store with ice cream in their hands. That was the quietest part of the whole thing. It was when they got ice cream in their hands, because now they're shoveling. So why do I say that? Because if you wait to rejoice, if you wait to believe that you have received it until after you have it, that's no longer faith, that's sight. You can't be in faith for something you already have. Only, it's only faith if it... Jen, you keep saying something at home. How do you say that? Faith is not yet. Yeah, you only have the opportunity for faith when it's not yet. Yeah. Hadn't arrived yet. And you don't see it yet. It's not seen. So you're looking in the unseen... You're taking a hold of the promise of the Lord that we're going to get ice cream and you rejoice that it belongs to me. It's mine. 
It's mine. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. Well, it wasn't until the next day to finish that story that I was at, I was at, on, at the workplace and I thanked the Lord so many times that day for being full of the Holy Spirit. And um, at that time, we were just in the middle of a financial collapse like, man, a house of cards all around us. And um, we, we had, uh, I got a call from the bank and another, another call about what are you going to do about this and how are you going to pay about that. And, and so I said, well, can, can you hold on for just, just a minute? And I quickly put her on hold and stepped into, I was on a construction site doing a hardwood floor, stepped into a closet and said, Lord, what should I do about this? And the uh, Lord gave me directions, say this, do this in a way to answer the problem that we were, we were dealing with right at the moment. So I get back on the phone. I give her the answer. She's like, great, hangs up. I get off the phone, and uh, I'm in the middle. I have, my nail gun had jammed. And so I'm trying to, I'm just fiddling with that nail gun, trying to get it fixed. And, and I'm thanking the Lord for the Holy Spirit, that He would lead us and direct us and lead us into all truth is what, what it tells us in John. That He would guide us into all truth. He had just guided me into a truth, right? And so I'm just thank you, thank you, Lord, so much for your Holy Spirit, for guiding me into all truth, for not leaving me as an orphan. I just thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, under my breath, I'm praying in tongues. You know, I'm thinking about the nail gun. I wasn't thinking about trying to pray in tongues. I wasn't thinking about even really what I was thanking Him for. I was trying to get this nail out of this gun that was jammed, you know. But under my breath, all of a sudden I realized, whoa, I'm praying in tongues. What's that? I said, oh, yeah, I, I received. I, I believed. I received, right? And um, I've never gone back. Amen. So I say all of that to encourage you. That if you've asked for the Holy Spirit, man, now is the time to say, I believe I receive. He said, if you ask, you will receive. And if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, He will give you the Holy Spirit. It's a promise. Have any of you ever known the Lord to break His promise? No. Because He's faithful. He's faithful. His promises hold so much value for us. So much value for us. Let's pray. Father, I thank You that what we said right now the words that You had me speak, that they're sealed into our heart, into our spirit. Lord, that You would right now encounter each one of us and answer the cry of those hearts that have been like, Lord, uh, uh, why not? Father, reveal to them that You are there. You have filled. Lord, cause their faith to rise up by them grabbing a hold of Your promise. And Father, I thank You that we have received your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, and amen. You know, I remember getting up off the floor and saying that and thinking, I'm no longer going to ask. I'm no longer going to ask in the, um, as though it's the first time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I asked and He gave. So when I ask from now on, it's going to be differently. It's going to be fill me again or, or afresh or anew because or, I've been filled. Alright, I hope that blessed one of you. See, several of you maybe. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes we, you know, your words matter. Good morning, everyone. We're so blessed that you're here today.
Amen. Church of the Word International here in Lancaster. I said it right this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's a praise the Lord. <laughs> Habakkuk 3. I love this book. It's full of great stuff. And I found a nugget. Chapter uh, 3, verse 3 and 4. God came. God came. <laughs> Emmanuel, God among us. Hallelujah. His glory covered the heavens and the earth, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hands, and there was the hiding of his power. Now, let me give you a little Hebrew uh, in, the, in these three words. Horns, it means to push. Hand means open hand. And power, in verse 4, is praise. So put, let's put this all together. Strength comes from Jesus' open hand of praise. And the light and the sound was created over all the universe through Jesus' open hand pushing with praise. Now, God's a creator. Holy Spirit is the instructor. Jesus is our example. This is our instruction book. So put that together. What Jesus did, we do. So we create what we need in our realm right now by opening our hands and pushing our praise up to our Father where every good and perfect gift comes from. We're designed to praise God. Praise pleases the Father. It's our expression to Him of love and trust. Praise supplies us with the strength the power to live a godly life right now. So let's all stand up as family in this beautiful assembly of God and let's push our hands up, ask the Father whatever it is you need and thank Him and praise Him for who He is. Amen. Your Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory still, to God. He's still God. He's still on the throne. I didn't hear him fall off last night. Did you? Praise God. You know, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God is a gentleman. He doesn't force himself upon us. He gives us that free choice. So I want to encourage you in this song. It says, let God arise. What it's saying is allow him to rise up in your life because he is the ultimate authority. He's God over everything, every authority. Whatever tries to rise up and say it has power over him, it's foolishness. He has power over everything. Amen? All right, let's go. Let's have fun.
Jesus. God, man, came upon the earth as a man in flesh and blood, Emmanuel, who dwelt among us. Jesus, we love you, we honor you, we bless your name. Holy, holy, holy is the Lamb who was slain before the foundations of the earth. He had you on his mind. He saw you down through the generations. And the precious blood, the shedding of his blood was given to each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for the blood that you shed for us, Jesus. You made a way where there seemed to be no way, but you made that way and gave each one of us a brand new covenant, the covenant of promise. And all the promises are yes and amen. Hallelujah. God is a good God. Father God is a faithful God. Is he good to you? See, Jesus is our personal Lord and Savior. He's your personal Lord. He, he's not your, your uh, grandparent or your mom or dad. He's your Lord and Savior. And Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that's here among us as well. We celebrate and honor the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like all of the people who are going to City Gate to come on up right now. City Gate is our local ministry. We go to Lancaster and we go to Columbia. You can keep on. Oh, our heavenly language. Are you praying in the Holy Spirit? Are you percolating all day long in the Holy Spirit? I wanted to encourage you, you know, look around. We've got a lot of international missions going on here. We have a local mission going on here. But I felt my spirit, the Lord wanted me to encourage you. Maybe you're not up here today and maybe you're not going there. But you can pray. You can support financially. And in your sphere of influence, there are people that need to hear your voice. They need to hear the word of God coming out of their out of your mouth. They need to be encouraged. So I'm going to encourage you, and I really believe this is the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord for 10 people this week, whether it be relatives, a neighbor, a distant friend, somebody you haven't heard, of, heard from for a long time. Ask the Lord to give you a scripture, a word of encouragement, and call them. Tell them that you love them, you're thinking of them, you're praying for them. If, do they need any prayer? See, that's being about the Father's business. That's occupying until our Lord and Savior splits the sky and takes us home. That's being about what God wills. He wills that none perish. And we are, Jesus is our greatest encourager, but we're to encourage, edify, and build each other up in the faith, right? So can you do that? Will you call 10 people this week? Ask the Lord who they are. Write them down and cross them off after you, after you call them. And, and ask the Holy Spirit to help you do that. So here is our city gate, Columbia. Barney, thank you for coming. And then Lancaster. So everybody just extend your hands. And Father, we just thank you that we are all in the right place at the right time, doing the right things with the right people. You have called us laborers, laborers with the Holy Spirit. 
So, Father, we, we just anoint our mouths right now, our hands of service, our feet of, to bring the good gospel. Father, we thank you for the boldness of the Holy Spirit coming upon our lives. That is, people, we even urge people to come in to hear the good gospel as we give out food in the natural. Father, we thank you for giving out food, the spiritual food that has eternal value. So, Father, put it upon each one of our hearts as we're up here that boldness of the Holy Spirit to give the good word of God out today. Father, you're the, the harvester. Bring them all in. Bring them our way. And we'll be bold and courageous to give the word of life. Father, we just thank you for that anointing on our lives right now. And Father, I just pray the anointing on everyone here, this week especially, because I know that's your heart, that we have a mission's heart this week to speak out your word and be an encouragement to the body of Christ and those around us. Father, we give you all the glory. Jesus, we give you all the glory and all the praise for you are worthy of it. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. We go in the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for coming up. Thank you, body of Christ, for your attention. Amen. I would like to just add to what we just prayed for our team that's going out. You know, one month ago when we sent them out, um, this was the last time that we had CityGate. We have it once a month, as you know. Um, some things happened that absolutely have made a difference for the rest of forever in, in some three people's lives. They went out and there was three different men that gave their heart to the Lord that morning as they were out ministering. And not just a little repeat after me thing, but a real conversion and a salvation, three of them. And I want to impress upon you the importance of, of the hour, the importance of what we're doing. You know, if we had not gathered together that morning, if we had just done something over the internet, we would not have sent our team out that morning. And there would still be three men that were waiting to come into the kingdom of God that would not have come from darkness into light because someone didn't go. And the reason I bring that up is I want to impress upon you this morning the value of gathering together face to face as a believer made an eternal difference a difference between hell and heaven for three men about someone being bold enough to step up and say I'll go out there I'll go minister to them and so uh, let's keep our faith turned on that this morning there's going to be more of that there and not only are they going to come into the light out there but that here in the light that we will see more light as scripture says this morning that he'll minister to us right here as well amen all right we'll go ahead and send the children to children's church and all the ministry workers to their various places and as they go i invite you to uh, welcome someone say hello to someone greet someone hello Good morning, everyone. 
Are you grateful to be in the house of the Lord this morning with fellow believers praising the Lord? Well, we're going to prepare to return our tithe to the Lord this morning. Well, are you grateful this morning that you are able to tithe, that you have an income, that you have resources? You know, where did that come from? The things that you have in your possession, where did that come from? That's right. Who gave you the strength, the abilities, the smarts to do the vocation you're in? Psalm 68 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. Isn't, just think about that. He's a God of salvation. He's in the saving business. And to God, the Lord belongs deliverances from death. You know, in Acts chapter 17 says, For we live, move, and exist because of him. So he is the source of life, and we rely on him completely. And when we tithe, it's an outward demonstration. We believe this. So we tithe because we love God. We tithe because we recognize him as our provider and our source. We tithe because the word tells us the tithe belongs to him, right? So it's an outward expression of those things. But, you know, the Lord has promised some things to us, and I want to read it here in Malachi. You know, the Lord is not like politicians who make campaign promises and then don't keep them. He keeps every campaign promise. He's, he never, he never uh, goes back on his word. So we're going to read in Malachi, promise for the tither. And it says here in chapter 3, verse 10, says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby, or by this, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Wow. What an awesome promise for the tither. So let's say this together. Say, I am blessed. blessed. The devourer is rebuked for me. And the windows of heaven are open for me. Oh, hallelujah. I believe it. That's right. I believe it. Amen. Amen. So let's take a hold of your tithe and let's pray over that. Let's return it to him. Father, we are so grateful to be called your children this morning. We're so grateful that you're faithful and that you never go back on your promise and that we can stand on your word and we can declare that we are blessed and that the devourers rebuked. We just thank you, Lord, for our income. We thank you for the way you provide so faithfully for us. And so we gladly return you the tithe and we just call the, all the people in this house blessed and every need in this house met in Jesus' name and amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets. And the people will return the tithe to the Lord. A couple of things in our bulletin this morning. Our home group uh, title this week, well, it's the series title is Would Jesus Wear a Rolex? But this week's lesson is called Proud of Poverty. So let's all plug into that. We're kind of trying to keep the whole um, group of us together. So if you're not part of a home group, you can still go online and listen to that sermon by uh, Brother Keith Moore. 
Many of you know, I'll just mention it again, that Saturday evenings the church building is open from 6 to 8 for prayer. And also, I know we're, we're early, but it's going to be here before we know it. Vacation Bible School pre-registration is available downstairs. Um, we have sign-up sheets downstairs in the basement for, to sign up your kids, pre-register your kids, as well as if you're able to volunteer and help and be a part of that ministry, um, please consider praying about signing up for that. Also, we have um, an update, our missions update from the 1040 window. That is available downstairs, down the stairs, um, as you're going out there by the coat racks. These papers are available for pickup. All right. Are you expecting that the Lord has something now for you? A word now for you? Well, let's believe him, turn our faith on that he has something for us this morning. A little bit about our home groups and um, Would Jesus Wear a Rolex, a series that we're studying. I want to, if you're part of a home group, make sure you get there this week and next week. And I think there is um, a little secret that they have for you there. So uh, if you're part of a home group, make sure you get there and um, maybe you'll be surprised with something. Anyhow, you didn't hear anything from me. Jen mentioned the uh, paper that's down by the lobby on the 1040 window update. I also received an update from uh, a video update that we would like for you to see out of uh, Iraq. Uh, As you know, uh, we here as a church, we support them monthly. And um, we're really a big part of their support is what we do monthly. And we give you guys an opportunity to be a part of it. And... um, just to be really transparent, you know, whether the support comes in or not, we still send them $800 a month, all right? So if it doesn't come in from people that say we're going to help and be a part of it, then we just take it out of our, our general fund and, and make sure that it gets sent to them. And so they have been uh, equipped in, in a way to be able to rely on something that they know is coming. And you and I get to be a part of something on the other side of the world that is uh, the kingdom of God being spread. And so they uh, sent me a video this week and asked if I would just play this to the church and they wanted to uh, send a special message to you. Greetings church from here in northern Iraq. We just wanted to take a moment and we wanted to um, just give you an update of what's been happening here during the COVID-19 yeah, as you all know, we live in crazy times. But honestly, we've just been so blessed to see the way the Lord has been moving in and through it. Um, just before the lockdowns here began, as many of you know, we got to take a trip and bless the ISIS orphans. And uh, it was such a tremendous blessing for us to be able to provide the, the needs, the supplies that they, that they needed, and to see the joy on their faces was just absolutely amazing. Um, thank you so much for all the partnering with us in that. Yes, thank you so much. Just after lockdown started here, the government has just been so gracious with us. They've allowed us to continue to travel and do what we do. And so we've been able to do distributions to the refugee camps and bless them with hundreds of packets of food. And uh, we've also got to travel around and do distributions to the local police and uh, military at the checkpoints and provide hot meals for them. And So again, thank you so much for all your partnership. Um, yeah, bless you guys. Yeah, and you know, during this um, COVID-19, Um, It's just another reason for the people to actually have fear. 
You know, we live in a Muslim nation, which is, um, yeah, a nation that has seen ISIS come in. They have seen attacks from just different areas all around. And now with this COVID-19, it's, it's another reason for the people to fear. And um, we know that we don't need to fear because we have a God who is our refuge and our strength. And in Psalms 46, it says, God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And it continues on. And then down in verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. And I will be exalted in the earth. And I just want to encourage you, you know, during this time that this is a time while, while the world is, um, is in such fear and they're, they're just running around and, you know, not learn, knowing where to look, we, we can just be still and just know that we have a God that we can put our trust in and that He is, you know, our strength and our refuge. And our desire is, I know you know, um, Ramadan started a couple days ago, and our desire is during this time, we've seen, um, through the years we've seen during Ramadan, people have dreams and visions of Jesus. And so our desire is that during this time, that they would have dreams and visions of Jesus, and that they would come to find God as their refuge and their strength as well, that they would be brought into the kingdom. And so, um, yeah, thank you for partnering with us as we're getting out and, and blessing people in a practical way. But we're also wanting to see them come in and be a part of, of this family. Um, so thank you. God bless you guys. Bless you. Greetings, church, from here. So let's pray for them. Father, we thank you so much for your great faithfulness and that you are omnipresent, that you can be everywhere at one time, that there's nowhere that we can go that you are not. And so, Father, I lift up their family, their team that's around them there in Iraq. Lord, I just ask you to continue to touch them and give them the strength they need to minister in this time. Father, that by your Spirit, you strengthen them, you give them words of knowledge, words of wisdom, that you stretch forth your hand to perform signs and wonders as they preach the gospel. Lord, to confirm your word to those that are, are ready and, and able to step into the kingdom of light. Lord, I call all their needs met. I just ask that you would continue even to bring more partners to them, to enable them to do a greater work, that they would not have financial limitations and restraints, but that they would be loosed completely to do your will and your plan in Iraq. And I thank you for this. Father, I just lift up all the other uh, missionaries around the world that we support, that we work with, and I ask the same thing for them. Lord, that you would encounter them with strength, encounter them with your Holy Spirit, and that every need they have is met, and that, Lord, you would stir up in their heart, bring to remembrance to them your promises of, of faithfulness, your promises of provision, your promises of protection, Father, and that their faith would rise up, that they would make their claim in you and on you. And Lord, the people that they minister to, the people they're going out to speak to, and, and in all these regions throughout the Middle East during uh, Ramadan, Father, I ask that you would give them dreams and visions. Give the people dreams and visions, encounters with Jesus. Lord, that you would put a supernatural draw on their heart, one that they can't explain, but they just know they need to seek out you and seek out truth, and, and that you would give them a divine curiosity about who is Jesus. 
Is he the Son of God? And Father, as they ask that question, even as they dare to think the thought, Lord, that you would encounter them, that you would send workers to them to bring truth and light in the name of Jesus. And amen. Did you know your prayers make a difference? Paul again and again said, pray for me that, my word, that the word of the Lord would have free reign. Pray for me that I would have the right word to minister. And so, Paul didn't say this because he thought all the people back home were bored. He said it because he knew it would make a difference. He knew it would make a difference. So you and I can absolutely touch the nations this morning from sitting right here. That we can reach around the world and touch the nations with our prayers. And in the time and the season that we live in right now, it's more important than ever before that we touch the nations with our prayers, that we reach out and that we be a people of prayer, that we, we be given to prayer. You know, Scripture tells us to make it our habit to pray, that we be in fervent prayer. Well, what does fervent prayer look like? Does that mean that you have to be on your knees spitting and hollering? It's not so much a body position as it is a heart position. Certainly being fervent in prayer means you're going to be persistent in it. It means that you're going to release faith in it. It means that you're going to know that I'm talking to someone. Someone who formed the world, who formed the planet, who who put this whole ball together out of a bunch of muck and muddle and what does he call it? Void and darkness and without form. And when he created all of it. With His Word, He could create it. And so certainly, if you and I will speak to Him about things down on that little ball that He created, nothing is too hard for Him in that way. So let's be a people of prayer. Certainly, in order to be a people of prayer, that means that you and I are going to have to pray for ourselves and each other as well, right? It means we're going to Believe the promise that God said, that God spoke, and then we're going to act upon the promise 